We're live. Welcome back to Everything EOS, the longest running EOS podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us for this very special episode. We have some big announcements. Uh, the voice launch date is here, biggest of all, and we're going to dive into that in just a sec. Uh, but before we get into it, if you're new here, smash that subscribe button so you can stay tuned to all our upcoming videos. And uh, whether you're new here or not, smash that like button. It helps us with the algorithm and leave a go EOS in the chat to let us know that you're watching live. The last thing I got to say before we dive into the news is don't take anything that Zach or I say as legal, financial, tax, professional, or any other kind of advice. Uh, we do this just as our own opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, it's fun for us to talk about it, and uh, you should never listen to people online or what'll happen, Zach. You'll get wrecked. Uh, we are not financial advisors. We are not tax consultants. Uh, we, we just follow our own best advice for ourselves, and you should do the same uh, for your best advice. Always do your own research. And there you got a little bit less chance of getting wrecked, maybe. And if you do get wrecked, it's your fault, not ours. Uh, really big news. You mentioned voice, uh, but we actually have other big news involving you, Rob Finch, and your block producer, Cypherglass. I'll just let you kick this one off. Yeah, so there's a full video over on the Cypherglass YouTube channel. If you search Cypherglass, the next chapter, or I'll post a uh, link here in the live chat as well for you guys to go watch that if you haven't seen it already. But uh, in short, I am stepping down as the CEO of Cypherglass, and this is not an overnight decision. That's one thing I want to make very clear. Um, this is a decision I've been thinking about really for the better part of the last five or six months or so as I kind of um, think about my transition into the next chapter of my life, whether I work on something in crypto or outside of crypto. Um, I'm not sure yet, but it's become clear to me that in order for me to find that clarity that I need, that I really do need to step down as CEO, step back from the projects that I'm working on um, to give myself that, that headspace really to, to figure all of that out. Um, so with that being said, I will still be involved in crypto in some way. I still have the majority, the super majority really of my net worth in crypto. That's not going to change. I'm still a big fan of the space um, and all the innovation happening here. Um, but as far as Cyberglass is concerned, I'll no longer be a part of that. And instead, Adriana, who is one of our partners from day one, a co-owner from day one, who's also spent the last year of her life on the other side of the world, um, trying to reach the Eastern EOS community, like I said in that video, she will be stepping up as CEO in my place effective today. Uh, so that's super exciting, and I'm, I'm excited to see where the Cypherglass team takes it moving forward. But um, this is kind of the end of the line there for me, and uh, it, it'll be fun to, to see you know where I go in 2020. You forgot to mention the future for everything. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll still be doing these episodes uh, at least through the end of this year. Uh, maybe I'll pop on the occasional episode in 2020. No promises. <laughs> yeah, Rob, you know I'm going to bother the shit out of you anytime uh, something big's <laughs> happening. If, if you're, uh, so we've been sticking to this Friday schedule. We'll see if that continues. I'm going to have different co hosts all the time. We'll have Adriana on, we'll have Peter K on, like people like Kevin Rose, uh, Ramon from Blockstar just said in the chat he wants to come co host sometime. We'll probably maybe move to a three person format just in case something comes up with someone who could still go. But Rob, if you're not here on the day of the voice launch, I'll be very upset with you. It's a Friday. It's our <laughs> usual schedule. I, I know it's Valentine's Day, so maybe we have to do it a little bit early uh, in the day so you can go out with your girlfriend at night and I can maybe go out with my wife. But uh, you, you're not going away completely. I mean, absolutely. Not, still, I'm not going to let you. Uh, yeah. but, but you'll be taking a step back. I'll still be on voice for sure. You know, I got that uh, beta sign up day one when it was launched and I fully intend to capitalize on that and be on voice from day one as well. So when it comes to, you know, what I'll be doing with the majority of my time, that will no longer be EOS or Cypherglass or crypto. Um, but I'm excited to figure out what is going to fill the majority of that time and, and hopefully find something that's much more fulfilling, um, whether it's working more deeply with a nonprofit that I'm involved in here or something else entirely. So I'm looking forward to it. 
Someone in the chat, Wes Carmichael. Uh, Adrian already asked, Cypher Glass going to produce uh, on other EOS IO chains now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, read the, uh, read the uh, there's an official blog post on medium.com slash Cypher Glass you can check out. Maybe there's some hints in there as well. Interesting. I haven't even yeah. seen that yet. Uh, the, the, the video, I, kn I knew the news was coming, but I, I didn't know all of the details. I kind of wanted to find out with everyone else. So I watched the, the video of Rob talking to everyone just like uh, you guys did. So other, other big news, man. Rex is back. So yeah. we had our show last Friday. Uh, Rex was still down and we were talking about how all the leases were going to expire within the next 24 hours. They all expired and the Rex is back. I'm sure everyone watching this already realizes that. I don't know what the prices are at the moment, but I know whenever I leased some new Rex, it was like a kid in a candy shop. I bought like one EOS worth, got like over a thousand EOS worth of CPU. So yeah, last time I used it, it was uh, one EOS for 900 and one EOS paid 900 and some EOS land for 30 days. So we used that for more CPU for EOS name service. Um, so I was happy to see that as well. I thought it would go much, much worse than it actually did. So I'm glad to see that it's working again and that there's ample liquidity for those that want to withdraw as well. Awesome. I, uh, let me get my screen share going here. My thing's all jacked up. Blah, blah, blah. Uh-oh. My window's all messed up. I can't. Oh, there it goes. Uh, I am going to go to the next topic, but I do. Oops. I just shared the wrong screen. Uh, I'll figure this out. Hmm. Man, it's really it's really not working there. Uh, all right, so yeah, I was just gonna I was just gonna mention a good article I want to recommend everyone to read. It's uh, on EOS Go. Dexaran, uh, the former Ethereum developer, current EOS IO developer, security uh, tester or penetrate security and penetration auditing uh, extraordinaire. I don't really know him that well, but he wrote a really good article on EOS Go. I really just want to pull it up real quick. I don't know why it's not working. Uh, hold on. Man, this is throwing me off my game here, Rob. First, first. Uh, all right, here we go. I'll just share the full screen. That'll work. Perfect. All right, yeah. So are you able to see this? Yep. All right, so basically, it's just, there's been a lot of stuff going on. And this this article came out pre-voice launch. But basically, uh, this Dexaran guy seems to be like a really smart guy. He gives great analysis on all of uh, these different issues going on in EOSIO today. Uh, talk about the reason why USIO exists, the advantages of decentralized applications. He kind of calls out a lot of dApps as parading around as centralized apps parading as dApps. So uh, he's got some interesting insight there. Um, I just really wanted to uh, recommend this article uh, for everyone to uh, read it on their own. I don't think we're going to go over all of the topics. I made this big deal out about sharing my screen, but that's because I knew I was going to need it for the, the next topics. Um, yeah, I think we had some other big news to talk about, didn't we? Yeah, I was going to say, this is great news and all, but I think people want to hear about that. Really <laughs> I'm all thrown news. off. Yeah, the really big news, guys, in all honesty, it's uh, crypto products that crushed it in 2019 on News BTC. Go Liquid Apps, number one. <laughs> <laughs> not that, not that. I think we're talking about the voice launch date set for oh, February 13th. Oh, that, that news. That news. Yeah. That, that, that thing we've been waiting for since uh, b one June or even before B1 June for like a year. Yeah. So the road to the voice beta is here. Uh, what did you think? Were you expecting it? Did it catch you by surprise? Like, are, are yeah, you still trying to soak it in? 
I'm still soaking it in a little bit. I think I'm, I'm obviously incredibly excited that we finally have a date. I think what I expected them to do, and I'm glad they didn't do this, is just say, hey, the beta is coming in 2020. And that would be it. So I'm glad that we have not only a specific month in 2020, but also a specific date, um, Valentine's Day, which I think is a really interesting choice. Maybe they'll have marketing surrounding that or, or something. The Super Bowl commercial meme is still in play. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm not speculating on that. That's like, a, that is a meme. Uh, I, I am going to pull up the uh, blog article though. I think everyone's probably already read it before, but we're, we're going to kind of look, go through it with like a fine tooth comb as, as is typical here on everything EOS. I'll try to verbalize it as best I can for our audio only listeners. Uh, but on the road to beta, they, they quote, uh, I don't know if it's Dan or Brendan being quoted from B1 June, but I think the bottom of the blog article was by far the most interesting piece. Uh, I will let Rob read the last two paragraphs here. Yeah, absolutely. So it says, uh, voice won't become everything it can be without your involvement, scrutiny, and feedback at every stage of the process. So consider this blog an open invitation. Our latest findings, our biggest challenges, stories from Dan and the developers, regulatory updates, interesting, and behind the scenes peaks. We're putting it out there, expecting change so you can join us in walking this road to beta. Talk soon. And I agree. I think this is a great thing. Um, assuming that they follow through with all of it to, to really, I mean, if you think about what a beta is used for, a beta is used for gathering feedback from the users. And we have a ton of users that are watching the stream right now that are sitting in the ES community waiting to give that feedback. So uh, I'm excited to, to see how it all plays out. Yeah, like it really excites me if they're actually going to communicate more, be more transparent, invite the community into the challenges that they're facing because we know they are many and, many and plentiful. Uh, so one of the biggest kind of complaints from the community, myself included, has been the lack of uh, open communication between the community and Block One. So that's why the last paragraph really stood out to me. It's why I highlighted it there, because a lot of people just read, oh, February 14th, let's get all jazzed up about voice. And we're still yeah. super jazzed up about voice. But I'm excited to see uh, Block One's like PR and marketing. They've been building up this team for so long. We really don't get a chance to see like what they're working on. Like we, we see a tweet every now and again, we see a blog article every now and again, but uh, this is interesting that they're gonna have stories from Dan and his developers, regulatory updates. I, I think this ongoing conversation will be very interesting. Uh, the other part of, uh, someone just commented that the Dexran article is good, I agree. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up is that uh, Outside of the article, so a lot of people just clicked the blog article because that was what was linked in the the voice uh, yeah. beta launch tweet. But they they revamped the website slightly on voice.com here, and they added an FAQ page, which has a lot of nuggets in it. And unfortunately, I hate these like collapsible buttons here. So <laughs> EOS writer, thank you EOS writer, shout out to EOS writer who just uh, did a new design, has all these new chains pages. Uh, nice. Yeah, there, there's my shout out to the EOS writer. But he's always so quick, man. Any any blog article someone else puts out that's really big news, they kind of like repost it for their audience and then go basically spread the word in all the Telegram channels and uh, Twitter channels. So I'm using his copy of the FAQ. This is all information that was on the Block One uh, voice page, but it's just easier to read here on the EOS Raider page. Uh, so they explain like what is voice and the way they describe it is it's a transparent, rewards-based social network for content creation, nothing new here, distribution and discovery. But then the, I highlighted this, it aims to foster a new and trusted experience through identity 
identity authentication and transparent database infrastructure. Yeah. So even though voice beta is launching, we don't know like the status of the voice tokens. Like maybe they're going to reset when production launches and they're like valueless and meaningless during the beta. But I'm excited for the identity verification aspect of all of this. And I, I'm going to throw out my speculation here and I'm going to say that that might be ready and be usable on the main that day one, like through some sort of like Oracle or cross chain thing. Or oh, we, don't, wow. we, we don't even know what's going to be on the main net. We'll get into that in a bit. But I think the identity verification aspect of this is going to be uh, one of the most interesting for me because whether you want to believe that voice could upend like a big social media platform like Facebook or Twitter, that's still to be undecided. But I, I don't think there's any debate that having a verified digital identity that can't be gamed easily or, or like broken the system, that that opens up a lot of opportunities on blockchain that just weren't possible before from governance issues to funding through stuff like a WPS, having a rating system that follows you around so you don't scam people, uh, cyber attacks. It's just, there's so much stuff that's going to be possible with a verified ID. So I'm curious to, to hear, I guess, from block one, and I'm sure some people from block one are going to get this message. I'm curious of the status of the voice ID, the digital identity. And we, we've talked about uh, Dan's identity patent, how it got granted a couple months ago. I, I think I could pull up that again too. We didn't even talk about it on this show, but um, yeah, they actually got granted a second patent. So uh, where's the... So we, we've talked about the uh, digital ID patent here, the systems and methods for creating a verified digital identity. This is a Dan Larimer and Block One patent. It was granted, or I'm, I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong one. It was granted on right after B1 June. So the first uh, patent that's for digital identity was granted on uh, June 18th. But then just in October, on October 22nd, a second Block One patent was approved for systems and methods for creating a verified digital association which it's very similar to the secure digital ID patent, but it is slightly different. So I just want to point out that these have been granted. Uh, th this ID system's not something that just was like a fly by night idea. If you look at whenever it was filed, they fought, it's almost a year to the day today that wow. the block one identity patents were filed. And you don't just file a patent on a whim. Like there was probably months of work that went into the patent process uh, before even filing in the first place. And then it just got granted again recently after B1 June and then this past October. So my question is, I'm curious if the ID stuff is going to be ready for the big time with uh, the launch of the voice platform. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting because I think technically with beta, although it might screw up the beta process if they don't have that ID system because somebody could make a bunch of bots and and sort of mess it up in a bunch of different ways. So it, it almost seems necessary that they would have that ID system or at least maybe a, a beta version also of the ID system ready for the voice beta. But I definitely agree with you. I mean, I think this has the potential to overtake um, really a ton of different industries. If you think about the cost it takes for any company, whether you're Cash App or a new exchange or even um, products and services that aren't related to crypto at all when you're applying for a loan or you're making an, a car insurance payment or signing up for utilities. There's all kinds of different applications where you need to verify somebody's identity. And if they can do it in a better, faster and cheaper way, 
I could see this really being much, much bigger than voice, even if voice isn't successful, maybe voice ID or whatever they call this voice, uh, this identification system could be a huge, huge product and maybe even a revenue source for block one. So it, it's definitely exciting. I, I think voice ID, uh, ho hopefully it'll uh, involve mainnet EOS accounts and kind of, I, I think it could potentially be like a universal account. So like whenever we're used to like our G Suite logins and our Facebook logins, how they work all over the internet. That, that's what I would really like to see with, with this voice ID is this cryptographically secured identity that only you could access because of all the different key management recovery things that we don't have a lot of details on. I, I hope uh, that that's kind of where this is headed. I'm, to be honest, I, I love the idea of the social media. I hope it does really well, but I think uh, having verified digital identity with a giant marketing budget behind that as well from block one, that that's what actually has me excited. Um, but I'm going to continue on with uh, some of these interesting findings uh, on the voice yeah. FAQ, which you could find on EOS writer or on uh, voice.com. All right. So voice tokens, how are they earned and what are they for? Rob, why don't you read this one? So I'm not talking the whole time here. Yeah, because everyone has the right to be heard, an equal amount of voice tokens are earned each day just for being you. So if you sign up, it seems like you'll get a certain amount of tokens every day. But additional tokens can be earned by creating content that other people consume and appreciate. Initially, users are able to use their tokens to purchase space below published content, but voice tokens are conceived as the gateway to all forms of promotion and advertising on the platform. And this, I think, is super interesting because there have been mm -hmm. a lot of questions about advertising in general on voice. We all know that Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all these, these platforms are basically massive ad platforms that both small and large businesses use to reach customers. And it was unclear if they were even going to allow ads on voice. But now it seems like maybe they will, and maybe those advertisers will just have to buy voice tokens, probably from users, in order to advertise. So this is sort of the first little little uh, piece of info about their ad system, which I think is really interesting. And uh, yeah, so we, we at B One June, uh, they explained to us how voicing a post will work. So Rob, let let's think of it like in a tweet context because it's very similar. Let's say Rob posts a voice tweet, whatever they want to call it. He voices a post. And then I reply to it and I want my reply to go above everyone else's. I, I basically give it some voice tokens and it pumps my, my, my comment to the top. Uh, but it's not like a banner ad or anything like what we're used to on like Facebook, like a sponsored post. That stuff hasn't really been talked about before. All we've been heard, all we've heard is like, you could bring a comment to the top. So then if rude mud crab out there wants to bring his comment to the top and outbid me, cause I, he hates me. I'm just kidding. Uh, he'll, he'll voice his comment above mine on Rob's post. So that's kind of, a, and then whoever gets outvoiced earns a little bit of income from the next bidder, basically. That's, yeah. that, that's the concept as it's been explained to us. But if we go back to, I'm going to pull up the screen again, what that article just said, and especially the part that I highlighted in pink, but voice tokens are conceived as the gateway to all forms of promotion and advertising on the platform. This is more long-term. I am basically the EOS IO historian in these parts of the woods, basically the whole ecosystem. So I always kind of remember old things that Brendan or Dan said. And, I, and then whenever future stuff comes out in communications, I oftentimes go back to things that they said a long time ago, trying to kind of make relevance from it. Now, let me pull up a quote from June 2019th from Brendan Bloomer, and I'll let Rob read it again because I don't like reading on, on these live streams. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He says, moving comments to the top is the same as inserting an ad in someone's feed. Our entire future ad platform, wow, I missed this, 
will run on voice tokens, which is why we said that this is just the first functionality of the voice token. Before you launch an ad platform, you need users. We will get there. What wow. do you think about that? I don't think that's pretty wild. I mean, this before. I think a lot of people were even thinking that maybe this will just be an ad free version, but it does make sense. I mean, if voice on its own thinking, you know, as a standalone business, if they're going to need revenue in some way, if they get to hundred million users, all those servers are going to be incredibly expensive. The chains that they're going to be running on the back end to host it are going to be incredibly expensive. Um, so they're going to need revenue in some way. And what better way than to use the existing advertising model of Facebook and other people, but maybe add a little bit more transparency to it as well. So I could see them maybe doing mm -hmm. that recent Twitter approach where Twitter shows um, on different ads, how much they're spending to, to show you that ad and how many impressions it got and things like that. So before we get, so this is probably the first, anyone's like had the second thought on this. To be honest, I didn't even notice this quote until I was preparing the script for this show. I had no idea that like there's the voicing of posts like we've heard about, but then there's this ad platform, which would probably be rolled out later. I don't expect it to be in the beta. I think the goal for the beta and the initial iterations of voice, even once it hits production is to get users exactly yeah. what bloomer said in that quote now what what is do you remember uh what's been public about kind of one of the plans for getting those users yeah i, I remember brendan saying something about uh an ad budget in the hundreds of millions of dollars talking about influencers and and people like that so maybe you will get that uh, super bowl commercial you've been waiting for uh well speculation on that i would love to see it but <laughs> I, I don't want to be, I don't want to die on that hill and pretend that <laughs> I think it's really going to happen, but let's go back to June 19. Let, let, right after uh, B1 June, there was a lot of chatter going along. We all thought voice was going to come out a lot sooner than it did. I have some quotes up on the screen from Mr. Brendan Bloomy. Rob, hit, hit up these quotes, man. Let, let people Absolutely. know what Bloomer's thinking at that time. Yeah, so the, an interesting one, everyone that uses voice will be joining our EOS community and enabling blockchain-based identity for all EOS applications. Those that don't fully appreciate the significance yet will in time. And it's possible that that may have changed with the hosting comment that we'll get into in just a bit. But continuing on about how they're going to onboard people, I think a lot of it does come down to influencers. And he says, influences are likely to make millions from switching to voice. People will switch for the alignment and value that can't be captured on other platforms. And you can imagine them Maybe they'll, they'll pay people, pay influencers for every user that they bring over. We remember when uh, Ninja, that, that popular Twitch streamer, was paid to switch from Twitch to Mixer. He was able to bring over a million of his followers, I believe, in the first week. And you can only imagine how much they paid him to, to do that and bring those million users over to Mixer. But continuing on, uh, another interesting uh, tidbit here, he says, social media is controlled by influencers and they will make serious sums by joining voice. We have an ad budget in the hundreds of millions and structured plan to onboard influencers. And that's outside of the value emitted in tokens. And he even elaborated on that, which I thought was interesting. He said, think of it this way. If someone with a hundred million followers switched over to voice and 50 million follow, we expect they can make 50 to hundred million, assuming he's talking about dollars just for switching. That's more than the net worth of many of those influencers. So it seems like maybe they'll have a scheme where they pay these influencers a dollar to two dollars for every user that they bring over under their link. So it's super interesting. And he goes on to close it out. Trust me, we're thinking deeply on the same level you are and are saving our marketing for when we're ready to bring them on. Uh, them likely referring to the influencers there. So pretty crazy. So I guess part of what I'm debating internally is I don't know if February is their time frame for onboarding like the masses, right? You don't want to really do that until we're ready for showtime. 
So I think uh, if I had to speculate on this, I think uh, February and leading up to February, the marketing push is going to mostly be directed towards us uh, and maybe the larger crypto community because EOS is one of the most hated communities in the broader crypto community, especially in like <laughs> Ethereum, Cardano and elsewhere. So I think maybe part of the initial voice push might be to like win those people over, like really push like the business proposition of what they're trying to do and why it's important. And basically try to be the new crypto Twitter because crypto Twitter is like its own thing. It took on a life of its own yeah. and it's super entertaining and su super frustrating sometimes too. Um, but I want to go to another quote here. So uh, um, let's, I, I think morale. So morale has been like at an all time low in the, e not just EOS, but blockchain, but we're just going to talk specifically about EOS. Some of the happiest times in my life outside of crypto and in crypto have been whenever there's a date or an event sometime in the future that you could look forward to. It could be your birthday. It could be your wedding. It could be your vacation you have coming up, B1 June. But whenever you have something on the calendar that you're looking forward to happening, it's some of the like best times because it helps you get through your day. It helps. It gives you something to look forward to. So I'm looking forward to the morale boost that having this date on the calendar gives us. And if B1 can deliver uh, on the, the communication and the transparency and the ongoing conversation leading up to that, I think it could be amazing. And the other thing that has me excited is, it sounded like last year at B1 June that it was going to be an annual event. If you yeah. recall, when did the marketing start for B1 June last year? I don't remember the specific month, do you know? It was around the same time the voice. It, it was around the same time as voice. Sometime around February, March, April, somewhere around there. Interesting. So I think, like I said, the happiest times are whenever you have something on the horizon that you're looking forward to. So I think right after voice launch, we're gonna get to play around with the beta. But then the next big thing to look forward to is going to be the next B1 June. And at the next B1 June, like I'm expecting EOSIO 3.0, which might be what's required for this whole thing to deploy on the main net. Uh, yeah. And why don't we pull up that, that quote, we've been sort of, uh, like touching on that for a while. There is actually a part on the voice.com slash fact, uh, that talks about where voice will be hosted. If you can, I will pull that up for you. Rob. Yeah, this is super interesting. And I was honestly a little surprised to see this, but it, it also kind of makes sense considering Dan's comments at the recent Bloxburg event that we were both at, um, where he talked about multiple blockchains on the back end. Uh, so here it is. Where will voice be hosted? They say, while voice is in beta and a highly iterative state, it will be run on a purpose-made EOSIO blockchain. In time, we would like voice to leverage the EOS public blockchain and potentially others that can meet the performance and governance demands of voice. And I think the way this is written is super interesting to me because it's clear, you know, when it's in beta, it makes sense. Put it on your own EOSIO blockchain so you can control the scalability. You can control all of it. Um, you can go in and, and iterate very quickly. You don't need to rely on block producers for updates in order to push them out. Um, it, it just makes a lot of sense. But I think what's interesting is that they say potentially others that can meet the performance and governance demands of voice. And this feels to me a lot like EOSBet or EarnBet now coming out with their sort of 30-day notice for the EOS mainnet. Maybe this is a, a similar play from Block One saying, hey, you know, get the act together with governance first, and then we will launch on EOS in some way in the future. But um, it, it's interesting and very interesting pivot going from being so mainnet focused to now talking about their own EOSIO chain. I, I think that this is like, as soon as I read this, I thought exactly what you just said. This, so block one, a couple weeks ago, 
they announced that they plan to participate in governance and vote. So they pulled out that card to get everyone in line and basically say like, we hope that you kind of like go down the right path block producers because we, we, we wanna be part of this ecosystem, part of this chain. And then with this message, what they're saying is we would like to leverage the EOS public blockchain, yeah. but it has to meet the performance and governance requirements. So what if, what if block one said, all right, Dan suggested like all this bonds and one token, one vote. Well, what happens if there's inaction among the current incumbents of the top 21? They say, nope, we like the way things are, the way they are. We don't like one token, one vote. We're just going to stick to how things are. Well, you know what? what? The biggest possible customer of the EOS blockchain is not going to be your customer if you, if you want to go that route. Uh, if you think of EOS mainnet as its own DAC, and we're all participants in the DAC, and uh, the block producers are your custodians, Block one and voice is the biggest customer. Like you don't want to lose your biggest customer. You will do everything in your power to make sure that customer is loyal to you. So I think this is a warning shot. I think block one, they're going to like lay out a roadmap over. It might be over a longer period than we would like. Uh, but I, I think once a public network could uh, handle whatever it is that they need to be done, and the governance meets their needs, I, I think that they will end up having some aspect of uh, voice on the main net. Um, I'm also gonna pull up some of, I'm not on shared screen right now, from the uh, the Blocksburg Summit. Let's go back to that. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Sebastian from uh, WordProof for making an excellent transcription of the entire uh, Dan Larimer speech. And during his speech, he talked about how the design we're using for voice has multiple blockchains on the back end. Some of them private for maintaining personal information and some public that all people can see. So like just from that statement alone, you knew that voice wasn't just going to be on the EOS mainnet. It'll be on multiple blockchains. I, I, and like coming from like liquid apps, for example, like we've been talking about this multi-chain vision, like an app could live on multiple chains. And that's exactly what, what was hinted here. It said voice wants to leverage the public EOS public blockchain and not or, but and potentially others that can meet the performance and governance demands of voice. Like it might not matter what blockchain you're on with voice. And I, I, I think the way the EOS mainnet and the EOS token and the EOS accounts are going to be is it's going to be like the glue, like block one is 32 gigabytes of RAM. They could store a lot of hashes and like Merkle roots and things like that that validate like these other chains. And I, I don't know uh, the exact architecture they're going to use, but I do think that they still have plans for the main net. Uh, and going back to the, the transcript here, uh, the new paradigm, thinking of each person as a blockchain. I thought this is really interesting. Uh, Dan said each individual person could be viewed as a blockchain. And then he said, if you take on that mindset, then EOS not EOSIO, EOS is a blockchain that's communicating with tens of thousands of other single person blockchains. Uh, it, it's always interesting to see the difference of EOS and EOSIO and like how Dan and Bloomer, like verb, like the verbiage that they use. They're usually yeah. very careful to say EOSIO for like, I guess, legal culpability. But in this case, he said EOS is a blockchain that's communicating with tens of thousands of other blockchains. I think uh, mainnet is glue. I think that's the way it, it was pitched at one point. And I think we're going to have like thousands, millions of chains and mainnet will kind of be the thread that weaves through all of it.
Um, but, but that's just me speculating. I have not a clue. I do have to go back to one uh, more influencer thing that we didn't yeah. get to cover. So whenever we're talking about user onboarding, right? And the influencers, uh, someone asked Brendan Bloomer on Telegram, how is Block One's approach to those influencers now? How do we get these influencers? How do we get rock stars and Taylor Swift on voice? Great question. A combination of direct engagement with the CAA, which uh, is the, I don't have it in front of me, the Creative, uh, the creative Artist Association. All right. So the this creative is artist agency. Yeah. And other groups which deal directly in this line of business and direct marketing to the masses. This is the first product we could truly market to mainstream channels. And then I have a little screenshot up here on the right from like uh, the Wikipedia page. It's just like explaining what CAA is. It's a huge company. Like they track over a thousand, I, I think they have 1800 employees or something ridiculous. So just imagine how many uh, people are on their, their like eight, their client list. And it says to market themselves at the bottom in this quote, talent agencies often cater exclusive at, cater exclusive parties following award ceremonies such as the Golden Globes, the Oscars, things like that. Do you guys remember back in February 2019? Where, where was Brendan Bloomer at? And where was Brock Pierce at? <laughs> Over at the Golden Globes, right? They were at the Oscars. Yeah. Oh, the Oscars, that's right. The okay. Oscars, which were a little bit after the Golden Globes. Okay. But voice was already an idea back then. The roadmap was laid out. They might not have known the, the time frame because there's a lot of things out of their control, like regulation and stuff like that. But there are clearly ties to these influencer markets. Uh, one, like people like Brock, which is their background in this space, but also through organizations like the CAA, because when you have money for influencer marketing, influencer willing to market for money. Let's just pull up the Wikipedia page here. The list of creative artists agency clients. Uh, I'm just going to Alec Baldwin, Dave Batista from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Nicolas Cage, James Cameron, the director. Like this is like a who's who. Billy Crystal, Robert De Niro, Cameron Diaz, Robert Downey Jr., uh, Jeff Foxworthy, Jamie Foxx, Morgan Freeman, Hugh Grant, Tom Hanks. Like all of these huge, huge names are part of the CAA. And that's specifically the organization that Bloomer right here said that this is their plan. They have hundreds of millions of dollars in marketing budget set aside and we're gonna spend it with the CAA. And the CAA has a who's who of Hollywood basically willing to, to kind of take some money for influencer marketing, as long as like, I'm sure they vet the projects and everything. They don't wanna put their name on a dud, but that has me excited is this influencer push. Like when the time is ready, like Dan said it, it's almost a meme at this point. Uh, but he said, whenever th the time is right, that crypto will see marketing that it's never seen before. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's going to start in February, but I think it's going to start in 2020. Yeah, I agree. I think in my ideal timeline would be the beta comes out in, in February 14th on schedule. Maybe then at B1 June, we get an actual launch date for voice and that comes out by the end of the year. So uh, only time will tell. But I think one thing that you brought up, a pretty key insight um, before we, we hopped on the air, was not to lose sight of the fact that 2020 is an election year in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And with all the deepfake videos floating around, with all these, these sort of um, claims to authenticity, it, it could be a really interesting opportunity, like you were saying, for voice to be that platform for political candidates to say, hey, I am the one actually sending this message. It's not somebody that hacked into my account. 
Yep. You know, this is going to be such a big political issue this entire year coming up. Like we're going to see so much advertising on our traditional social media platforms. We're going to see the news stories about the Russian trolls again and all that fun stuff. And the whole like uh, unique value proposition of voice is not only like the, the shared token economy with the voice token, but it's also no trolls, no catfishing. I thought that was funny too with the, the Valentine's Day launch date. They could always tie in yeah. some like catfishing stuff for the marketing. Some <laughs> man, ma, ma, Manti like Teo or whatever. It's, people are sharing his stuff right. on the channel. The guy that got the linebacker that got catfished a few years ago. Um, I'm trying to think of, so I think I mentioned I'm expecting USIO 3.0. Um, what are some other interesting things I've come across lately? I think I, think I missed a few notes, but we're just going to keep chugging along. I, I found two interesting uh, jobs on the the block one careers page i like to kind of keep up on that to see what they're looking at doing and i saw this job for their their finance department in hong kong risk and product controller without getting into too much details let's just read what part of the job is uh to support our financial or expansion we are looking for an enthusiastic self-motivated individual to join our finance team as a risk and product controller the responsibilities associated with this role will stretch across the organization's business activities with core focus areas being the treasury portfolio and digital asset portfolio trading units. Did, did you know that they had digital asset portfolio trading units? Because I did not. No, that's pretty interesting. I wonder if that'll be related to, you know, maybe they have an exchange product, maybe it's just their own, you know, uh, massive war chest that they're managing. Who knows? But it's a really interesting wording. Mm -hmm. And then there was a second job for enterprise risk management lead. And it also mentioned performing financial impact analysis, stress testing of traditional and digital asset portfolios. So we know that they hold a bunch of Bitcoin. So this could be a big nothing burger and they could basically be saying, let's figure out how we can make more Bitcoins with the Bitcoins we have. <laughs> but uh, they have 140,000 Bitcoins. They could do a <laughs> lot unreal. of work with those Bitcoins. Yeah, uh, but it's very interesting to see that they're getting into the digital asset trading space. And uh, a long time ago, I mean, whenever we're talking like pre B1 June speculation, like one of the things Dan's talked about before is like building BitShares 2.0 or like some sort of DEX on EOS. So like that's something we still haven't seen yet. So I, I think this could be completely separate from it. It could just be like a treasury management opportunity, but we, we still haven't seen any new information on uh, the the famous Dex or BitShares 2.0 in a long time. So I, I don't know if that'll be kind of be put out because of regulation or what, but that's still still something uh, yet to be seen. Just going yeah. through my notes here to see if I left anything else out. I think that might be all of my notes. I'm kind of uh, yeah. out of I think that's it. It's a, a good show for today. Definitely some big news. And uh, like you said, something exciting to look out. Uh, just a couple months, you know, we're in December already. Um, looks like two more months and uh, Voice will be here. So Rob, be honest, yep. are you leaving the EOS community because you want some of these millions of dollars in influencer budget to come back to voice? <laughs> Absolutely not. You see, I, I forgot to tell you, actually, I made a deal with uh, Dan and Brendan. Somebody commented that, uh, oh, voice came out and then you just leave. But really, I made a deal. Hey, I'll leave if you guys give us a voice launch date. So it's only fair. <laughs> that I, <laughs> I give my part it kinda, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. It's kind of weird. A little, yeah. little coincidental here. People are like, Rob's capitulating, but really Rob, Rob just made a deal with the devil at block one and said, I will stop EVOs <laughs> just so you guys could launch voice. 
yeah, no more speculation. We're we're turning it all off. There it is. All right. So I I think this is a good spot to close it out. We still have a couple more weeks of Rob every week before I have to beg him each week to come on and please come on. We have so much good content still coming. (laughs) This is not the end of everything EOS. We will still be doing regular content. It might probably be the same format, but also more. I think I'm going to bring more hands into the cookie jar to make it even better. Uh, We'll see what 2020 brings us. But one thing we know that's happening in 2020 is voice soon now as a date it's trademarked it's ready to launch february 14th uh but I, I i have a few potential interviews scheduled for next week so i'll probably see everyone early to midweek next week but rob's beautiful smiling face will be back here next friday so i will see everyone then but until next time i'm zach gall i'm rob finch and this, this is everything, everything EOS. EOS. Go EOS. go eos go eos in the chat we'll see you next time Smash those thumbs up. See ya.